and welcome to the Rewelding Podcast with your host, Ella Cottrell. This is a conversational style interview series where I speak to women who are focused on rebuilding oppressive and outdated systems for collective transformation. Rewelding is a socialist term that refers to reconstructing the world or attempting to view it differently. I'm interested in being a conduit for social change, sharing resources and bringing ideas to life that facilitate the evolution of new systems founded on cooperation, equity and community. I'm a feminine embodiment guide, somatic trauma educator with an honors degree in psychology, helping women build safety, sovereignty and autonomy in their bodies. Thank you so much for being here with me as we work together to reimagine a new radiant world for all bodies. I hope you enjoy the episode. Alrighty, welcome everyone. So today we have Jess Carreri on the podcast with us. So Jess is a cyclical business coach helping women create business success, sustainability, and spaciousness by tapping into the power of their cycle. She's a passionate uh, she's passionate about helping women create the income and impact that they desire while also living the lifestyle of their dreams, never compromising their energy, time, and balance. Oh, so juicy. Welcome, Jess. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me and for that lovely introduction. (laughs) Of course, of course. It's so, I'm really excited to chat with you today. And I really, really first wanted to just dive straight into period stigma, period shame, because we recently had a really beautiful conversation with one of our good friends. And it really got me thinking about like where we, because I know that we grew up in the same school, same kind of environment, like where we have come from to the place that we're in now. And I think Mm -hmm. that there can be an assumption sometimes where people would see your work and they're like, oh, she's a cyclical coach, you know, and she must have always had this really fantastic relationship with her period. And I know from knowing you that that's absolutely not the case at all. And (laughs) I just remember like my journey with all of this started in 2018 and I stumbled upon this podcast with Alyssa Vitti and Lacey Phillips. And it was the first time in my whole life where I had heard that women or people with female biology have four phases, like a four hormonal phases. And I had come from thinking we have PMS and then we have our period and that's it. And I was livid. I was so angry. Mm -hmm. Couldn't believe that, you know, it taken me to what, 21, 22 to get to a point where I actually knew about my body and how it functioned in a way that was empowering. And, you know, it kind of took me back because a few months ago I was having my bleed and I remember you sent me a message like, enjoy your bleed, like I'll chat to you, have a good rest. And I just took a moment where I was like, what? You know, like I have this beautiful relationship with these beautiful women in my life where we celebrate our period and celebrate our bleeds. And it was Mm. such a full circle moment of like, oh, wow, like came from here to over there. And so I just love for you to share a little bit more about your story, because I know it's been a big one. And I think it could be really helpful for people to hear about it. Thank you for sharing all of that. And like, we have had so many personal conversations about this Mm. that I'm excited for it to be on record because every time I'm talking with you or with any other woman or any other person that experiences a cycle, very similar things pop up and it tends to be like, did you know this? I didn't know this. (laughs) Like until like a shocking age in our life where it's like, we should have probably been educated about this or had a had an understanding at least so much sooner than we actually do and so as you said a a big misconception with women that do this kind of work like in the cyclical space or menstrual wellness 
there's a big misconception around that, oh, your period's always been that way. And it's absolutely Mm. not at all the case. For me, I take it back to being 10, I think about 10 years old. And my mum was beautiful and had the foresight to prepare me for my period, which I'm eternally grateful for. I know that for many, many girls, this is absolutely not the case. But my mum came from her own journey of her mother not telling her anything. She got her first period. She thought she was dying. She spent two days working up the courage to tell her parents that she was dying. (gasps) She thought she was internally bleeding, like in the not normal way. And so she vowed that like when she has a daughter, she would prepare her me (laughs) so she did she bought me this beautiful pink book with all this little information tailored to like very young girls to kind of give an understanding and my first reaction when my mum read me that book was just like sheer excitement I remember being like oh my god this is so exciting I'm gonna become a woman I kind of viewed it as like this portal or something like I thought it was like this coming of age this amazing thing that was going to happen and I was going to feel more myself and more like a woman it was part of my journey and every month since I got that book I was convinced that that was the month that I was going to have a period and I was so excited to the point where my mum was like um (laughs) chill like it's actually not that amazing like it's a part of life but like you can experience this this trying to also prepare me for the realities right but I was like so excited and then after months and months of waiting and wishing and longing it happened and immediately like I'm talking like the second I realized what was happening that excitement somehow completely disappeared and I felt shame I felt embarrassment I felt dirty and wrong and hurt and angry Mm. and I to this day I always say like this might be a bit woo to think about but I don't think that was entirely mine Mm. I think that was a hundred percent a mix of mine and a mix of the generations before me and that kind of generational I don't know trauma seems like a big word but generational like experience Mm. of just going oh, okay, this is this thing now I have to live with. So I transitioned from this like bright-eyed little girl, so excited to being one of the first girls to have it in my primary school. Like I was the first in my grade. So that also came with a lot of like questions from the other girls and like comments from the other boys. And immediately that excitement just kind of like washed away. Mm. I felt all of the feelings that many women I know felt during their first period, like confused, even though I knew everything that it was to know, but just confused as to why I was feeling the way I was feeling. Like there was pain, there was discomfort, there was this shame. It felt, I hadn't like put two and two together, that like I was actually going to be bleeding and it was going to be messy, like all of those. And from then on, like, that's kind of the second turning point in my story because that from then on my period was not something I enjoyed at all and it was something that for years and years and years I struggled with more mood swings than anything pain 
as a PMS symptom was something I definitely experienced and was definitely prevalent. But for me, the debilitating symptom was the mood swings. I felt like I was out of control of my mind, out of control of my emotions to the point where I literally was like, I think I have some form of personality disorder because Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I am the same person when I am about to have my period and during my period. And I, it was just like so overwhelmingly taking over my life basically. And I tried, my mom and I tried everything. I tried to go on the pill. The pill made it worse. I went on a different pill. It kind of didn't change anything. I tried herbal supplements, all these things and nothing seemed to work. And I then kind of just accepted it and was like, okay, well, this is just this thing. And then one day I was at the doctor and I was telling her about what I was experiencing. And I was like, I think I want to come off the pill, but I'm really concerned about the mood swings because if I'm suffering with them while on the pill, I can only imagine what they're like off of it. And she offered me the IUD as like an alternative. And one of the draw cards for that for me was no periods for like five years. And that at that point in my life, that sounded like a fucking dream. (laughs) I was like, sign me up. I will take it. (laughs) I will do anything. And I want to preface before I go on, because whenever I talk about like any form of contraception, I want to make it very, very clear. I am pro everyone's decision. I, my only qualm is that women aren't given enough information to make informed decisions about their body. If you have all the access to the information and you decide the pill is for you or the IUD is for you, I will forever fight for women's right to choose that. But my other fight is that we don't have enough information before we make these decisions. I sure as hell didn't. So I found myself in a hospital getting the IUD, um, first and foremost, maybe TMI, but like, we're going to go there. There's no TMI here. I was told, (laughs) perfect. (laughs) I was told, um, it's normal if you experience a little bit of a bleeding because your body's just trying to like get used to it. And like pain is quite common, blah, 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 but it will go away. And then for the next five years, you won't have a period whatsoever. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So I had the IUD, And then for the next three weeks, I bled heavily for the entire three weeks. I called Mm. the GP. I called the hospital. They're like, no, no, that's normal. It's fine. I had so much pain. And then I ended up, my body fully like rejected this to the point where I went to the toilet one day and I was having like these cramps that I couldn't breathe through. I couldn't speak through. But then once they subsided, it, it felt fine. Sure enough, I was in a stimulated, simulated labor and my my uterus was literally going, Mm. get out, get out. And I gave birth to my IUD at home in the toilet. Wow. Almost passed out because I was like, this thing I am not supposed to see outside of my body. I can't physically put it back in what is happening. Called the hospital. They're like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, just call and make another appointment for another insertion. At that point, I'd already spent so much time, so much money, so much pain, like trying to get this thing that I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it again. And I was adamant. I was like, 
the pain and the three weeks of bleeding are worth it if I don't have to have a period. And that's where my relationship with my cycle was at at that time. Went to a specialist and she gave me the most beautiful gift of saying, "Hun, your body doesn't want this. I've been trying and trying and it's just not happening. And the only way for it to happen is if I force and that just doesn't feel right. And she goes, come back after you've had a baby and it's probably going to be easier. And I was like, well, Sharon, um, I'm trying to actively <laughs> avoid that. So that's not the solution to my problem. So I, this is, this is the third and like biggest turning point in my journey was in the hospital car park, feeling so defeated, feeling so frustrated that nothing was helping, that nothing was working, that I'd spent all this time, energy, money, pain, trying to get rid of this thing that was just a part of my life and it being completely unsuccessful. And I called my mum and I was like, what the hell? Like, this has just happened. And it was in that conversation that I had this like light bulb moment of, hang on, this just something doesn't seem right. It doesn't feel right to me that this is a thing that every like woman, every person with female anatomy experiences and yet it feels so bad or it completely controls our lives or it it feels this way or it's debilitating in one way or another. Like it just doesn't seem right to me that women are designed to suffer. Like that doesn't seem okay. And it was the first time I'd even had that kind of thought of going, well, hang on, something's not right here. For the years prior, it was like, oh, you know, we're just designed to suffer. Like, it's just how I know so many women and I know so many of you listening will probably have either said this or heard this. People just going, oh, it's just the curse of being a woman. It's just (laughs) one of the curses of being a woman. And I, to my core, believe that until this moment where I was like, there's no way, there, it, there's no way that we as women, these amazing beings that can literally bring life into the world, should we choose to, that we have bodies that are designed anything less than perfect. Like that doesn't make any freaking sense to me. So from there, I started to get more curious and I was on like a crusade to find information about my cycle and just as you shared, like that was the first time I realized that the cycle had four phases and you had four distinct, you know, different hormonal phases in your cycle. I also thought it was like PMS period. Mm -hmm. Mm, There's ovulation somewhere, but we don't really Mm -hmm. know where it is. It doesn't really (laughs) matter, but it was basically just like period and normal. Mm. So like everything was normal for like the rest of the time. And then it was having your period. And I discovered, again, like you said, Alyssa Viti and a whole bunch of other women that were already doing the work and, like, women with medical backgrounds, like, not just Mm. the woo and the beautiful side of that, but also the hard hormonal science of, like, hang on, we have got this wrong and there is something that we are not sharing with women. One of the biggest kickers for me was that PMS is super, super common but it's not normal. Like it's Mm. not something that we as women have to experience. And it's a symptom that is showing signs of imbalance or something else going on in the body, but that you don't just have to go, yeah, cool. This is, this is what I experienced. This is my life. So from there, I, I started to really 
live in alignment with my cycle, I started to heal that relationship and really like let go of that stigma. I used to be kind of embarrassed about talking about periods with people, like even other women. And now it's just gotten to a point where I will literally talk about it to anyone. Like it's my job, but that stigma and that shame and that lack of information is one of the biggest things that holds us back from accessing the magic of our cycles, because we can't love something that we don't understand and that we so deeply like reject right? Mm. Like it, that's the biggest, that's the first thing when I work with clients, that's the first thing I do. People sometimes come to me, they're like, okay, teach me how to make money with my cycle. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can absolutely do that. But let's first like look at your relationship with your cycle. Cause nothing else matters if you're still viewing it as this thing that is like a curse or an inconvenience and all of the things that I, and so many other women feel about it. And it's just like, the education system fails us. Ugh. There's, I saw an article the other day in the US. Um, there's a bill being like put to Congress or whatever in Florida at the moment talking about like banning the talk of periods in no. primary schools until the girls are actually at men- of menstruating age. And like, too late. Yeah, and it's too late, but also, like, that's kind of the only time our schools are telling us about it. Like, I didn't hear about periods until I was already experiencing one. Like, at school, my mum gave me the gift of giving mm. me the heads up, but so many, I have friends that that have had, were given a pad and just told, okay, this is what you use, and wore it for three days because no one told her mm. what to do with it or what what was actually going on in her body and so many other stories like that. So that's kind of a very, very, very long-winded mm. story of, like, my journey with my cycle, but that's what I want women to know is, like, a lot of women, a lot of women that do the work that I do around cycle coaching, cyclical business coaching, menstrual wellness, like nine out of 10, I'm willing to say of those women have had the experience with their cycle similar to mine of Mm. the dislike, dissatisfaction, the shame, all of that. Like that's where we start from. And that's where a lot of, unfortunately, where a lot of women start from. And one of the big desires for me in this lifetime is to be a part of that movement that is changing that for the future generations of girls. Like I want girls to learn about their periods from the minute they're able to understand, you know, like Mm. so that it's not this foreign thing. I want their mothers to be talking to them about, you know, when they're on their cycle and when they're on their period. And so they, they're aware of how that looks and how the women in their life are feeling and all that sort of stuff, because Mm. that (laughs) we are, we live in this world where, and I know this is right up your alley and like what this podcast is for. The system wasn't built for us. The system wasn't really built for like (laughs) assist sustainably for anyone really, but like, especially not women Mm, and women. Yeah. I talk about this so often of like, Another big thing that I have to work through personally and I work through with clients is that, well, I can't rest while I'm on my period, which is 
like that's what your body's designed to be doing at that time because there's this like this feeling of I have to keep up I have to be doing 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 I have to be doing the same things as my male peers I have to be exerting all this effort all the time and hustling and blah 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 and the reality is is like we can achieve the success in our life in our business and like just the the fulfilled happiness but it's going to come from a different way like mm. it, it it has to be done differently and that's not meaning to say it's any better or worse or whatever it's just different because we have a hormonal cycle that is longer than 24 hours and that means that the way that we live is going to have to be different right like it's crazy to think that we can live our lives just within the 24 hour cycle that's how men live because that's literally their hormonal cycle that's their whole hormonal cycle goes for 24 hours shock horror our entire society Mm -hmm. like days are literally planned around the men's body clock happy hour is the time it is because that's the time of the men's cycle that is the most needing like social interaction and a pick-me-up like so many things in our systems and society are literally designed for that cycle my wish is that we understand that the way that you know, we've adhered to that cycle. We can also adhere our life to our menstrual cycle. And that is what's going to bring us not just this like success and money, because that's amazing, but like a deeper relationship to ourselves, a deeper Mm. understanding of our body, of our wisdom, of our intuition, and a more fulfilling and sustainable life. Like one where we're not having to experience the burnout and the like, PMS that makes us want to rip our uterus out every month totally. like yeah that's that's the dream anyway <laughs> oh my gosh just like just listening to you I had all these goosebumps and like this is why I was so excited for this conversation because I feel your passion and like as you're talking about like what you've been through it's like so obvious to me that this is your your soul work and you know you hit the nail on the head that was like going to be my next question is like what are the systems that are perpetuating this and I do want to get back to that in a minute but there's a couple of things that I wanted to pull out of your story which was that it's really interesting to me that before you bled you were so excited you that was like what was supposed to be right yeah and then you bled and I think Eckhart Tolle talks about this as well where it's like and in IFS language we call it a legacy burden which is like sexism Mm -hmm. racism where it's not ours necessarily but we feel it anyway and Mm -hmm. so there's this deep internalized shame that women and people who bleed experience because it's just years and generations and centuries of being told that bleeding is disgusting and so that to me feels very true when you said like the minute that you bled like no yuck don't want this anymore like that's not it's yeah like whose shame is this you know you you haven't even had that conscious thought yet and already there's that shame it's like that embodied Mm -hmm. shame and yeah it's it's really really fascinating to to consider where we've come from and then like the experiences that have molded us here and when you're saying like oh my gosh I gave birth to this IUD and then the hospital is like it's fine don't worry about it to me (laughs) is another version of like women are not believed like our pain is not seen as something that's worthwhile investigating it's like oh well you gave birth to an IUD like no worries and PMS too like 
I, this is the hill I will die on because Mm -hmm. I get a lot of like pushback when I talk about this. And I always point people to the women who have studied the science when I share this. I'm like, I'm not just pulling this out of my butt here. Like this Mm -hmm. is like MDs and women who are in the STEM field have literally got science to back this. The PMS is, again, common but not normal, but it's mm. normalised. Like we, I, I know so many women with a similar story, but one that comes to mind is I have a friend who she was experiencing like doubling over in pain this the, like for a few days and it wasn't a normal thing. When she had her period, it, the cramps were very, very different, but she was like, oh, I'm having these like intense abdominal cramps, like so painful went to the hospital, like she was in the most amount of pain she'd ever been in in her life, uh, crying, throwing up, like unable to like think. And she was in the emergency room. Her mother was also a nurse, but not at that hospital. She got seen by a doctor and the doctor came in and was like, are you, are you on your period? Are you sure you're not just on your period? And this isn't just like menstrual cramps. And she was like, even if it was, this what? isn't normal. Like, even if I was on my period, this isn't a normal amount of pain. Like, this is something wrong. Fast forward 10 minutes and her appendix were on the verge of bursting. Had her mother, who's a nurse, not come in and gone, this isn't normal. I've seen her have periods her entire life and this isn't it. She's also, like, just finished her period, so that's not the case. Mm. Did a scan, realised that her appendix were literally on the verge of exploding inside of her (laughs) but the meta and I also want to say too in a book by um uh, and I can't remember her full name I will send the information so we can pop it um but she this woman is an MD a midwife and a herbalist and she explains that you know to have some compassion for people in the medical field because often they don't have the information they're not trained in women's cycles they're doing the best with the knowledge they have their training tells them xyz it doesn't tell them that you know pms isn't to the point where you were throwing up and that that's not normal it's like well these are common symptoms and that's just that so i have a mix of anger but also compassion for Mm. that medical industry of going, well, that's so messed up. But also it's also messed up that you went through the eight or whatever years of your training and not even to come out of that with the understanding of women's hormones and cycles. Mm. And that's why endometriosis is such a bitch to get diagnosed is because so many medical people don't have enough information they don't understand what to look for and this is coming from someone who is in the medical field and is agreeing going I left going Mm. where's where's the information like where's the resources where's the research and the studies totally so that was a tangent but like that's the danger of Mm. normalizing PMS and normalizing this version of periods and cramps it's dismissive of women's bodily intelligence and their experience because 
so often you go to the doctor for something and if it's got anything to do below the boobs mm-hmm. it's like oh it's probably your period it's probably your period <laughs> and it's like no it's not you know? yeah like, and so many women like also who are struggling with polycystic ovaries endometriosis that spend years and years and years trying to get a diagnosis trying to get some relief and some answers for why they're feeling what they're feeling spend years being dismissed of like it's just normal this is just how some women feel when they're bleeding and or before they're bleeding or when they're ovulating like that's Ah. not that's not normal man we shouldn't we shouldn't just accept it like for so many of us we just accept it because that's what we're told is normal and that's why I want to be like a part of that movement giving voice to the fact of like your life is not meant to be full of this suffering and Absolutely. pain like being a woman is fucking amazing mm. I didn't believe that for the longest time because I was like how can it be so great if this is the reality and now understanding my cycle like it sounds a bit far-fetched maybe but like I've never been more grateful to be a woman or yet yeah, to to just be a woman and to mm. have this body and to have this experience than I am now because I know my cycle and I understand the gift that it is. But two, three years ago, I was like, no, nah, fuck this. I would happily, you know, trade places with a guy. Like that would be ideal. Absolutely. And now I'm like, you couldn't pay me. Oh, and my like, goodness. This is- <laughs> that is- you also couldn't pay me to get rid of my cycle. Like the, the idea of that just makes me now want to cry. But like at the time I was like, yeah, sign me up. But now I'm like, I wouldn't change that for the world. Totally. I think that really speaks to like, again, that system of like what's upholding this. And it's like, first of all, we're taught that periods are disgusting and that we should be Mm -hmm. ashamed of them. Second of all, we're taught that being a woman is second class citizens that we're Mm -hmm. so, oh God, you have your period. That's so unlucky. I would hate that. You know, Mm -hmm. like that kind of rhetoric is passed down and, you know, we consume that from like so many different places. And as you said, like you had a really period positive household but mm. you know you're in a deeper culture that you're that's swimming in this like period stigma and shame and like I know before you said like oh yeah you know obviously ovulation's in there somewhere I actually didn't even know we had an ovulatory phase mm. and this is me like uh, in uni you know and like I can't even tell you how ashamed I was at the time but like would have to end up taking so many morning after pills but I didn't have any idea of where I was in my cycle and I remember this um this lady at the chemist, God bless her. She was like, what part of your cycle you're in? You might not even be fertile. And I was like, what? Yep. (laughs) Am I not fertile 100% of the time? And she was like, no, you know, what part of your cycle are you? And I was like, but I have no idea what part of my cycle Mm -hmm. I'm in. I don't even know when I last bled, you know? And so it just goes to show like the systems that are upholding. And as you said, like, yes, we can blame the medical system, but there's also a system that they are working in as well yeah. and like their greater training. And I think it just speaks to this like idea that we really need to overhaul a lot of education systems, like uh-huh. in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. But, like it's, yeah. it's the whole like fertile window too. I mm. That was the, the part that shocked me the most aside from the whole PMS thing. I was like, what do you mean you can only get pregnant mm-hmm. three to five days of the month? I'm out here thinking it was every day, even when on, you're on your period. Because like, yeah. uh, that was what we were taught in schools and I think the school was trying to, like, 
avoid teen pregnancy Mm. and promote Mm. abstinence but like it's just it's misinformation like telling people that you can get pregnant every day of the month is just it's false obviously like telling teenagers like oh it's fine just abstain for the four days is also probably not smart because the four day window is different for every woman and that's where like needing more education on tracking your personal cycle so that Mm -hmm. you know when those windows are but so many yeah the education system and even just like the process and we've spoken about this before of separating the girls and the boys to talk about Mm. puberty for me what is is that so damaging because I remember even in high school like we already knew what was going on kind of we'd already had like I think what do they call it like sex ed or health Mm. education or whatever in primary school but but then when we got to um high school they had like you know okay this is like actual puberty this is like this is happening or teenagers they separate the boys and the girls and I had a lot of guy friends in high school And I remember after we had that class, like every week I'd go and like be like, what'd you guys talk about? And they would have like stars in their eyes of like, oh my God, I just learned (laughs) about like all the things that the body does. And like, we talked about sex and we talked about how like that works and like all these things. And I was like, I got shown a diagram of the uterus and was told to point out the fallopian tubes which (laughs) no one told me what they do but I just had to point like no one and it was all hush hush the girls went to a room that was tucked away like the windows were shut like the blinds were drawn no one can see no one can see the boys are having this conversation on the oval like in the middle of the school and it was just like even that consciously at the time like it wasn't a a thing but looking back now it's like there's even just so much, even the, the female teachers were kind of like, oh, it's so embarrassing. Okay, all right. Like, totally. Okay, and you were the male that. teachers are like, let's talk about sex. Let's do this. Like, let's talk about the amazing penis. Mm-hmm. And then the female teachers like, okay, so let's talk about periods. And oh, and it's that energy of like, and, and it's just, yeah, it's maybe not a conscious thing because at the time definitely didn't pick up on it. But looking back now, I'm like, yeah, no, that definitely affected how I felt about it and Absolutely. also how comfortable I felt sharing it and talking about it. Yeah. Well, there's the implicit embodied like messages, right? It's mm-hmm. like we see people who are like kind of hunched over in the posture and like you're kind of whispering. And so what we're absorbing in that moment is, okay, shame. Like I need to be yeah. ashamed of this. And I, I completely agree. Like you you can see that there's shame steeped in the way that the teachers are talking about it and the way that the schools are handling it. And like that just completely absorbs into your system. And it's so sad. I remember I had this deep moment of rage a few years after I graduated from high school because I realized like we went to a religious school and just realized how deeply, deeply misogynistic it was. And um, mm-hmm. <laughs> just the way that they they spoke about women and, you know, in religion, we can see that. And so, yeah, I just remember experiencing all of this deep rage because it's just, it's not fair. And that's why I'm so grateful for people like you who are out here, like paving the way and championing and telling your story to be like, Hey, it doesn't have to be like this. And we, this isn't normal. And I love that example of the PMS story that you gave as well, because there's 
millions of other stories like that where women aren't believed about their pain, eh? And that, you know, we they used to just call it hysteria. Like anything that women would come to the doctors yeah. with, they're like, oh, you have hysteria. You need an orgasm. Literally, like you can look yeah. this up. <laughs> That's an amazing movie, by the way, if you yeah. want to like watch something that gives you a prime example amazing movie yeah it's really I think it's literally called hysteria (laughs) but it's like it's literally that is a prime example of like how little we have known about women's bodies and still like you Mm. watch that and you're like that's ridiculous like that we've come so far we've come far but there's still so much to go yeah not far enough by any stretch of the Mm. means like I wouldn't be surprised if in like I don't know how many years time, but there's another movie similar made about the, I'm willing to call it like an epidemic of endometriosis of how mm. many women like an infertility, like mm. how, uh, how have we gone in the last like 15 years where almost every woman trying to get pregnant is, is struggling with some form of infertility. Yeah. And it's like, that isn't like, that's not normal. Like the, the something's going on. <laughs> That's totally. not. Yeah. So it's I, um... just wild. It's wild. Oh, the yeah. misinformation. But I also, I have that rage and have had many moments of that rage that you were talking about. And honestly, many times where I've gone, is there a point? Like, is this ever going to change? But I do also have a lot of hope. I look around and I see so many women doing this work and so many incredible women bringing so many different things to this conversation like even like the work that you do as well like bringing women back into their bodies Mm. and then there's women that I follow that are helping women alleviate symptoms with natural remedies so they're not having to have invasive procedures or be on long-term medication I see women that are educating the masses on like what your hormones are actually doing and how to balance them. Like we both follow an amazing woman and her name is escaping me right now. Um, Lachia. Yes. Lachia. Yeah. Like about how Ambrosia's table on Instagram. Yes. Yes. I was like Ambrosia's table, but I can't remember her name, but yes, Lachia. <laughs> she's incredible. And she's teaching women how to cook for their periods. Yeah. She's coming and on the like, podcast as well. Oh, so exciting. Mm. I literally just like see all of these women and I go, I have so much fucking hope because yeah, this generation of women are not fucking around. Like this generation of women are not taking the shit lying down mm-hmm. and we are rallying for a better future for ourselves, for our daughters, for our the next generation and the generations to come. And I, and I do see this as a point where like, we can't turn back. Like there's, there's no turning back. There's enough women now that have woken up and have the information and the resources and you can't unknow the things that you know. Yeah. And like, I just see this as like a beautiful turning point and there's so much more to go, but I have, I have a lot of hope because it's, it's easy when talking about this to be like, oh, okay, this is all just like very heavy and like, where do we go? But I do have a lot of hope and a lot of optimism because I see mm. the masses of women doing this work. And that's why I always say, I'm like, it's not me. I'm not, I never say like, I want to be the voice for this. I want to be a part of the conversation because that Mm. conversation's been happening and Mm. is happening with millions of women's voices. And if I can be a drop in that bucket, that's 
that's enough for me. Like oh, that's what I want. <laughs> Jess, I love, I just love listening to you speak. Hey, like you're so magical. And like, that's such a beautiful segue, I think in terms of like, okay, yeah, here's what we were dealing with and here's the story and here's what's like floating in the, the cultural waters that we swim in, because I know a lot of women can have a lot of shame around like, well, I'm not connected and why am I connected? Is there something wrong with me? And I wanted to put that there as like an invitation towards greater understanding of why we may be in a certain position that we are and it's not your fault and here's what we can do moving forward and here's where I'd love for you to share a little bit more about like what are the four phases we've been speaking about and the correlations for seasons and if you want to go into a little bit about like even harnessing that for like businesses or like if you're you know scheduling study or whatever it might be like how can we transform this thing that we were told is so bad and flip it on its head and make it the empowering narrative that it is Amazing. I would love to share this. This is my favorite <laughs> thing to talk about. I always feel like a teacher when I'm like, there are four phases of your cycle, <laughs> but it's really, it's empowering knowledge. Like, and I always preface, like, if you know this, amazing, fantastic. I'm really happy for you, but there is many, many women, myself and you, we were both included in this, had no idea until like recently. So even if you know this and you're like, oh, everyone knows this, bear in mind, there's so many women that don't have this information. And if you also didn't know this, don't be ashamed. Like mm. I remember feeling so stupid, but it's like you are, you can only know what you're taught. Like you can't just like wake up and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like I know this, you mm-hmm. you have to learn it from somewhere. And if you haven't been given that opportunity, then that's not your fault. So the four phases of your cycle. So we have the menstrual phase, which everyone is familiar with. That is the phase of your cycle when you are bleeding. It's your period. And that is the, I I use seasons, inner seasons to connect to the cycle phases. So I will explain that in a bit more detail, but basically you're, menstrual phase is your inner winter. So if you think of the energy of winter, it's like slowing down. It's wanting to be cozy, needing to keep the body warm, needing to like kind of hibernate, like when it's winter time and maybe not where we're from, but in other places of the world or other places of Australia, it's like freezing and you just want to be like curled up and cozy. You don't necessarily want to be going out running marathons and like out on the town when it's freezing cold. Mm -hmm. So your inner winter is your menstrual phase of your cycle. And this lasts typically like five, anywhere from four to seven days. It can be longer or shorter, but the typical length is like four to seven days. And anytime I'm giving a time frame of like, you know, how long a certain phase is goes for that's just going to depend on how long your particular cycle is some women it's 28 days some women it's 30 some it's a little bit longer shorter but just take it all with a grain of salt and I'm gonna give Ella a whole bunch of resources to link so that you can find some more details but yes so we have our menstrual phase of our cycle the period then we have our follicular phase now the follicular phase is the phase of your cycle in between your period. So it begins when your period ends 
and it finishes when your ovulation begins. So if you think of the period and ovulation almost as like the two center, I don't know how to explain, like not the center points, but like if the sun is rising, like the sun sets kind of with the north and period south? north and south that's a great yes 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 <laughs> well, it's like, so like it's like the middle point right the mm. two center points right so mm. we have period then follicular phase leading into our ovulation and the follicular phase is i equate it to the inner spring and also i don't i didn't make this up like the inner seasons this has come from like many many different women uh traced through long long time ago I there is not one person to credit this with but this is how I like to to Mm. to understand the seasons because for me and I know for a lot of women follicular luteal menstrual ovulatory like it just it it sounds very technical Mm. so clinical and I find that means nothing to me. Like if you say follicular, that doesn't bring to mind any type of energy. It it doesn't resonate. So that's the the meaning, the reason behind the season. So follicular is your inner spring. It is the time where your body is kind of you're you've finished your period and it's that slow re-emergence and rising. Your hormones were at their lowest in your period and they're starting to rise again. And it's that energy of spring, this new beginning. There's this fresh, vibrant energy, and you almost feel like you could conquer the world when you're mm-hmm. in your inner spring. You're like, everything is possible. I can do anything. <laughs> oh my God. Your increase in estrogen actually at this time makes you more motivated to plan things, to brainstorm new ideas. And it's a really beautiful time for new beginnings. And I personally, and this is also Alyssa VT also talks about this, that the inner spring, your follicular phase, is the true beginning of your cycle. We talk about day one of your cycle being your period, and that is the common accepted thing. And if that's how you understand your cycle and that's how you want to continue going forward by all means but the reason why we think of day one of our cycle as day one of our period is Mm. because the men that were first studying the menstrual cycle were like well this is the only discernible day Mm. that there's any difference so and it it does make sense like from an outside perspective you can go well there's only how else will they know like there's no mm. other signs. There's no other things that are happening other than normal and then bleed, right? So, okay, <laughs> I want to just pause a moment here and unpack yeah. this because I have heard this before and I remember back in, like, 2019 and I was downloading my first, like, freebie. Anyway, I wrote a period cycle book and yes. this is where I was, like, confused as well because it's, like, obviously the follicular phase feels like the first season, the first mm-hmm. phase, but you count from the first day of your menstrual cycle and that's what I do and I know that, yep. like, a lot of people I talk to, that's what they do. So mm-hmm. you count from the... The first day that you don't bleed is that correct yes yes right. but my all the period tracker apps other than uh I think flow living I think is the one that tracks day one as day one of your follicular phase 
It does, yes. But all the other ones track as day one being day one of your period. So I'm by Mm. no means saying like that's wrong. It's just energetically, even if I still sometimes count, like if I wanted to still count day one from the period because it's the the apps all say that or it's just easier for whatever reason. Mm. Energetically, I just remember trying to start my cycle like I have a cycle ceremony and that's basically where I plan my whole entire cycle out and set intentions for the new cycle for months I tried to have it in my inner winter in my period and it didn't work I was like this is the end this is not this does even before I knew the information about the follicular phase I was like this just doesn't feel right and I would always do it anyway right after my period and then when I learned that I was like that makes so much sense wow and I kind of thing, love that yeah and one mm. thing Alyssa VT also says all the time is like to say that day one of your cycle is day one of your period and to assume that that's the only noticeable change mm. completely disregards women's inner wisdom and bodily like intelligence yeah yeah Mm. so that's just again another little tangent but no I appreciate you bringing I perceive the follicular phase as the true beginning because if you think of it like your hormones are at their lowest in your period they're rising and they're starting again the actual cycle like the hormonal cycle starts with the follicular phase even if you want to still say day one is the period Mm -hmm. like it starts in the follicular Hormones are rising all the way up until the peak in your ovulation, which is the next phase of your cycle. This is your inner summer. And this is a roughly like three to five days, three to four days, just depending. But I usually feel the energy of it for at least five days. Mm. And that is when your hormones are at their peak, like you're fertile. She's vibing. You're <laughs> vibing, like literally This is when you're scientifically proven to, like, feel your most confident. People are more likely to perceive you as attractive in not just physical, but, like, you're magnetic during this phase. So this is, like, your body is ready to reproduce. And whether you want to have a child or not, you can use this to your advantage of being, like, okay, I don't want to bring a child into the world maybe at this time, but what else can I bring to life? Like, Mm. what can I call into me? What can I create at this moment so that's your peak right so the the next phase is your follicular phase no no it's not it's your luteal phase sorry (laughs) so we go follicular ovulation luteal which is spring summer autumn or fall depending on how you want to say it and you're in an autumn your luteal phase this is the premenstrual phase of the cycle and this can be anywhere from like 10 to 14 days And this is where your hormones are starting to wind down. And so too is your mind and your body slowing down and really coming into that preparation for your bleed. And then the cycle ends with the shedding, with the release, with the, the, the period and the, the drop, I was trying to say drip and low at the same time, (laughs) the drop and the low of your hormones, right? And then begins again in your follicular. So we have the inner spring, inner summer, inner autumn, inner winter. And each of these phases hormonally have 
amazing, amazing gifts and benefits, even your premenstrual. Like that's probably the one that most women have the most hangups about. I know I definitely did, but it has its own superpowers, I like to say. Mm. And if you're talking about planning study, whether you have like a business or not, or even just a job or, you know, you're studying, you can really use those cycle seasons and those cycle phases to plan out your life, your study, your business, whatever for success by harnessing those superpowers of Mm. those inner seasons. But I hope that makes sense before I go any further, just to like it makes clarify. so much sense yeah absolutely Perfect. and there's like as you're speaking it's like oh my gosh imagine if we received that education growing up right how much more empowering is that to be like wow I have four cool phases and in each one I can do different things and in my ovulation phase it's like party time you know feeling good confident yeah. and in my luteal phase it's like I get to rest and like you know take take a step back and in my follicular phase again like that spring energy as you were describing mm. it I was like oh I can feel it in my body you know like it just feels so exciting and yeah I just I really want to point out that that's such an empowering way to think about relating to our bodies and if you're feeling like oh I just hate my period it's like start here start here yeah yeah and so please go on with the the business side of stuff as well thank you I I definitely this seeing my cycle phases as seasons like changed everything for me Mm. and I hope it also brings a new perspective because I think like you can have a favorite season in nature, right? Like you can be like, oh, summer is my absolute favorite, but that doesn't mean that you're necessarily being like, oh, winter is bad. Like it's the worst. I hate it. Maybe you are. I don't know. But like, we're less likely to completely condemn a particular season in nature, but we are so often condemning seasons within our cycle. So to bring in that that perspective is like, oh, it's not that it's bad or it's wrong for being different. It's like the seasons, like to expect the world to look and feel and smell the same Mm. in winter as it does in summer is absolutely ridiculous. And to think of your body and your brain to be firing at the same capacity in your winter as it is in your inner summer is also insane, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. just not how it works. So that's another key of like, understanding that you're meant to be feeling different week to week during your cycle. That's okay. I thought that I was insane. Mm -hmm. And I know many women, especially if you're in business or in any kind of job that demands you to be consistent, and I use that word with air quotes, Mm -hmm. and in that term of consistent, meaning showing up at the same capacity, same energy level, same output every single day, 24 7 whatever it mm. sucks I hate it oh, it's Throw it in terrible the but if you have a life or a job or business that demands that of you it's very common for you to feel like what is wrong with me like how come last week this was a breeze to me and this week I feel like I'm pushing shit uphill because I cannot get this like to work I have conversations with clients like this all the time especially within business and for example creating content right like if you have an online business like content is a big part of it and for many people utilizing like reels and tiktoks and stuff I had a a woman that I was speaking to the other day and she was like I made like seven reels in like an hour the other 
week and it was just so easy. I felt so confident. They were amazing. Mm. And this week I can't do it. It sucks. Like nothing I'm doing is working. And I was like, babe, where in your cycle are you? She's like, oh, I'm in my inner autumn. I'm like, well, that's why. Last week you were in your inner summer. You were killing it. Like that's the time you're meant to be doing this. But this totally. phase of your cycle, you're not meant to be doing those things. You can. And what a relief. You're, you're capable of doing anything. But like mm-hmm. there's other tasks that are better suited for this season. So that's how I teach business and cyclical business is like, it's not about making yourself right or wrong or creating more rigidity because that's not at all what I want to bring. I don't want to bring another set of rules or another framework that makes you right or wrong for doing things the way you want to. I just want to bring to you this perspective of there are times in your cycle that you mind, body, and soul are primed to do certain tasks more so than in other phases of your cycle. And if you have that information and you know that, you can completely transform your life and business. So Mm. a quick run through of things for like the inner season. So inner spring, as I touched on before, your increase in estrogen makes you more motivated to plan, to brainstorm, to vision new ideas. So this is the time for me. I no longer plan month to month from like, you know, the Mm. first to the 30th, I plan cycle to cycle. So I start my month on the first day of my inner spring. I plan my content for the month. I plan out what offers I'm running, what programs I'm launching, if I'm running any events within my business, if I have study to do, because I do a lot of like coaching, like I have coaches and have programs that I'm a part of. I also plan like what's going on with them, like planning out study time, blah, blah, blah. So the the inner spring is a time, like think of it as like the first little bit of the month of like you going, okay, what are we doing? What's happening for March? Where are we going? And this is a really great time because not just because you have the motivation to plan and to brainstorm, but also because you have this like feeling of limitless possibility. So you're less likely to shoot yourself down. Mm. If you were to plan in your inner autumn phase, which I have done before, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure many of you have felt this, you know, how some months you plan and you're like, wow, this is like so inspiring and I'm so ready for this month. And then another month you might plan and you're like, no, I can't do that. Like that seems so hard. There's too much to do. That you kind of like talk yourself out of it. Whereas in your inner spring, you're going to be like, fuck yes, I can. I'm on fire. I know what I'm doing. This is great. And then you move into your inner summer and you have this energy to create, to show up, to shine. And I Mm. tell people, especially women who are introverted or who don't naturally have a lot of energy throughout the entire month, create your video or, you know, podcast content during your inner summer, like do some lives during this time or like just be creating things that take a lot of your energy during this time because you're, you have the capacity and you're not going to burn yourself out doing it because you have that fire and that drive. And for me, this looks like I sit down and I batch record podcast episodes. I film them as well. And when I try and do that in any other phase of my cycle, it's like 
pulling teeth. It <laughs> sucks. And for a long time, I thought, oh, it's just not for me. Maybe I just need to stop doing it. And then when I started aligning my business with my cycle, like it just, you know, a month's worth of content in a few hours done, mm. sorted, like so easeful. So anything that requires you to like show up. And I also say like presenting, like if you're running a workshop, like try if you can to schedule it for your inner summer because that magnetic energy, people are going to feel it. People are going to be like witnessing that within you and are more likely to be like, okay, I need whatever this is because that energy just feels amazing. Mm. Um, But outside of business as well, this is a great time to like be social, like go out with your friends, like spend time connecting with women that make you feel like uplifted and, and just do the things that feel hard for you in other times of your cycle. So I schedule any like big, scary tasks that I'm like, Oh, I know I need to do this, but like, I don't know if I can, I schedule it in my like end of inner spring or like in my inner summer. Cause I know I'm going to have this, like, I'm here, I'm ready to go energy and that confidence to do it. Whereas in maybe my inner autumn, I'll be like, "Uh -uh, no, I can't, (laughs) not for me. (laughs) So that's like the inner spring and inner summer energy. And then we move into our inner autumn and I almost see your inner autumn, your premenstrual phase is almost having like two halves because it's quite a long phase. And when I first started learning about the cycle, I was like, why is that one the longest? Like that (laughs) sucks. Like I wish the summer was longer, but I see it as almost having two halves. So just as the seasons in nature have a transition period, you don't wake up one morning and it's winter, like autumn done, winter started. Like there's that transition of the seasons, right? It's like, yes, on the calendar, we have first day of spring, first day of summer, but you can feel the lingering coolness in the first little bit of spring, still from winter. You can feel the heat of the summer when you're moving into autumn and same with your inner season. So the first half of your inner autumn, you still have that fire. You still have that magnetism from your inner summer and you can still use that to your advantage. But it's also you now have this amazing focus and attention to detail that comes with what's going on in your hormones and your brain chemistry during your premenstrual phase. You have less time for bullshit. You have less time for fluff. You are more decisive, more clear on what it is you want and what you do not want. And so I personally, with my business, this is when I write a lot because I'm not writing fluff. I am, I love to write, but I can write like pages and pages and pages and then half of it is maybe not helpful (laughs) so in my inner autumn I'm more likely to be like nope that's actually not helpful like cut it out attention to detail where I notice mistakes I notice how I could say something that would be more effective or more powerful make more sense but I still have that energy from inner summer to be creating and showing up for my business and then in the the last half of your inner autumn you can really feel the winding down, like the summer warmth is gone and you're just feeling like you can feel the chill of the winter. You feel your period coming and it's not bad. It's just the change of the season. And it's this beautiful slowing down, preparing, taking stock. So 
I always use this analogy of like, think of yourself as a bear or a cute little chipmunk or Mm. something, like any animal that prepares for winter. This is you in that last half of your inner autumn. And if you have a business or if you're studying or whatever, you want to be preparing your business or your assignments or anything that resonates there for me, like business, preparing your business for your winter so that you can rest, you can hibernate, right? during your inner winter. And for me, and I advise my clients to do this as well. And every time I tell them to do that and they do it, they're like, wow, that actually helped. (laughs) Cleaning, cleaning during your inner autumn, the last half, like clean your space. Also clean your digital space, clean up your laptop, clean up your social media. Like if there's posts that you're like, oh, I don't, that doesn't align with my messaging anymore. And you want to archive it, do that making sure that your digital space, like your website really reflects your messaging and your values, making sure that like, it's just basically a decluttering and a re-alignment, like what's working, what's not working. This is a great time to evaluate your business, to evaluate your life of like, what do I need to let go of? What lessons have I learned in this last cycle? And really do that kind of taking stock so that when you're in your inner winter, you can just fully rest, hibernate, relax. So your inner winter is your period and it's four to seven days of your entire month. It's not a long time. And I always say, this is another hill that I will die on. I have a few hills that I will (laughs) die on. And this is one of them. Your body is literally designed to rest during your period. It's literally designed to be resting. If you think of your cycle phases or seasons as times of day, your inner winter is the equivalent of 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Of the, like, if we look at the male's Mm. hormonal cycle, Hormonally, what's going on for us in our inner winter is the same as what's going on hormonally for them, 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. What are we doing at that time? Sleeping, (laughs) resting. So that's not whenever I say that to people, they're like, you want me to sleep for seven days? No, but give yourself space to take some naps. Give yourself time to read a book. And I have just finished a period. I am like day one of spring right now. And it feels amazing, but I have in my, the last few days of my inner winter, I have napped the first couple of days. I napped. I was also a little bit unwell. So that, that also contributed, but I took lots of naps. I've read a magazine that I really love. I've read books. I've had baths. I've taken down notes of ideas for new programs and literally within an hour, I created an entirely new group program, figured out the timeline of it figured out all of the details of it and it's almost like I just have to create the content now in this new cycle but that happened because I gave myself the space to rest because your intuition is at its highest like it's it's heightened in your inner winter and if you give yourself the space same principle as meditation if you sit down and shut up for long enough you'll hear the answers to the questions you're asking. (laughs) But if you're going and going and going and not taking a moment to pause, you're not going to hear the insights, right? So it's actually so productive, not that we need to rest only if it's productive, but 
I always say to get people on board with resting on your period, it's actually the most productive thing you can do for your business. Because if you take that time to rest, it's the same as you taking that time to sleep. You know, if you don't sleep and you push through because you're like, I have too much to do, that's fantastic. You might get those things done, but for the next day or the next three days or the next week, you're playing catch up. Mm. Resting during your period also means that the next cycle you have and your next period is most likely going to be more easeful. Whereas if you push through it, that's when the PMS comes up because you didn't give your body the time and space to do the very laborious task of what it needs to do. Like your body's doing a lot. You're Mm. not being lazy. You're shedding a whole lining and like creating a new like hormonal landscape Mm -hmm. within you. You might not consciously be doing it, but your body's exerting all this effort And if we're also like, you know, in the tampon commercials, like climbing a mountain and like playing a tennis match, like you You can can. wear white, you can play tennis. Yeah. Like Like, I'm a champion for the fact that women can do anything and you can do anything whenever. That whole like saying of like, women can do what what women I don't know what men can do women can do bleeding bleeding I had that in my notes yeah yes and that's 100% true we can does it mean why should we no because that's like the same as saying like women can do everything men can do in the middle of the night of course we can (laughs) that's ridiculous of course we can we are absolutely capable of doing that should we probably not like yeah that's like just the notion of that. It's like, wow, you know, amazing. You have the capacity to do that. But no one's talking about the effect that has on your hormones, the effect that has on your mental and physical hormonal health, your like what ramifications that has for your relationships. Because if you're burnt out and you're mm-hmm. feeling stressed, like that affects your relationships, it affects your business. The biggest thing I can say to women, and this is the starting point after we've worked through like the stigma and the trauma and like connecting to our cycles and having Mm. that deeper understanding. The first thing I ask people to do is spend your next period resting. Don't do it. Like that's the first thing because if you do that, naturally your body, the next cycle, you'll notice you'll want to be doing the things in the seasons that your hormones are naturally primed to make you want to do because you've given yourself that space. I notice it like in my inner autumn, I don't even have to think, even if I'm not consciously like, oh, I'm in my inner autumn. I'm like, I'm going to clean the whole house today. And then I take a moment. I'm like, oh, (laughs) yes, it's this phase. Or I'm like, I'm planning Mm -hmm. out my, I've just planned out my entire month's worth of content. And it's like, yeah, because I'm in my inner spring. That's the time Mm -hmm. for this. Whereas if you push through your period, your inner winter, that's when it all gets so much harder. Totally. I hope that makes sense. That's very, I am a tangent queen. So no, <laughs> I, I love it. I'm sense. just like listening and nodding along. And like, I've just gotten so many takeaways from today myself in terms of like planning and like, okay, utilizing the follicular phase. And I think, you know, anyone listening today could really be like, okay, cool. I'm going to take this away or I'm going to learn into this or a, yeah, that's a great thing. And I think for me, as you're speaking, the one thing I wanted to say, like, if you really want to fuck the patriarchy, it's not about like, <laughs> do what men can do, but do it bleeding. No, 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 no. Live in alignment mm. with your cycle. Like show them what a well-rested, well-nourished, like well-prepared woman looks like. That's really mm. the magic. And 
yeah, I mean, just so much there, like really, really yeah. to take away. And I think I'm going to go have a look at my calendar after this and <laughs> rejig things around because there's definitely more, as you said, like work smarter, not harder. You know, it's all about like yeah. harnessing the energy that you already have within you. It's so, so clever. And um, to make it more sustainable. Because I yes. always say to women, I'm like, you can absolutely run a successful business without aligning it with your cycle. But I know many women that have and do, but struggle with burnout and struggle with feeling like they're inconsistent because they don't have the same amount of energy all the time. And they ended up either closing their business or falling behind in their timeline because they just, they just can't, they're forced to, mm. to pause. So for me, like I want women to create business success, but I also want them to create business sustainability and spaciousness, meaning a sustainable business that you can run while thriving within your mind and your body. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want you to have this amazing six-figure business, but also have like debilitating PMS and like being completely burnt out, having three hours of sleep every night. Like that's not success to me. And I also want you to have like spaciousness so that you can live life outside of your business because life is about more than work. Like I love my work. I love my business. I will forever be doing this work. But I still know that I need to be doing things outside of my business. I need Mm. to have time to nurture my relationships, to spend time myself reading that's not self-development like Mm -hmm. reading a novel going for a walk like spending time with friends and family doing passion projects or hobbies like that there's also no space for that made within our society and you know corporate business mindset like Mm -hmm. and that's not the key (laughs) that's not the key and that's not the way no absolutely not and you have such a gift in terms of distilling like some really like what can be quite complex and taking it and being like okay it's really quite simple you just do x here and you do y there and that's definitely a gift not everyone can do that and so I'm really grateful for you coming here and sharing all of that today I have my one final last question for you before I release you into into the world again (laughs) and it would be you know I'd really love to hear like what kind of world are you working to create Mm, I love that question and it makes me feel emotional and excited and lights a little fire inside of me because the world that I'm working to create is a world where we have more women in positions of power that are well-rested, well-nourished and have the time, the energy, and the resources to make the changes in the world that we desperately need. Mm. Women are the future. I believe this. I believe that women are the ones that are going to make the difference in this world that is going to turn this ship around. But for you to turn this ship around, you need to be able to have your hands firmly on the wheel and not be burnt out before you even get there. Mm. So the world that I see and that I want to be a part of creating is a world where we have more women with more money, with more success, with more time, more energy to not just improve their lives, but to improve the lives of their community. When women have wealth, we invest in community. Like there's studies done on that, that we, we invest in community 
building. We invest in our planet. We invest in the development of like the people around us. So if more women have this business success and they also have the time and energy to pour into other projects and passions, I believe that we're going to see a world where we have just more change for the better, Mm. more rapid change for the better, like doing things that actually matter and doing them when we need to do them, not sitting on our asses and going, we'll do this in five years. Like, no. (laughs) And I also see just a world where there are more women knowing their worth and therefore claiming their worth and not settling for anything less than their worth. And that to me looks like a world where we have more happy, healthy people. We have more mothers that are raising children from that space. Therefore, the next generations are going to be more, you know, centered and grounded human beings. And I I honestly just think that that, that is the only way we're going to make a change is if more women have more resources, which looks like more time, more energy, more money, more positions of power and doing all of that while being healthy and nourished and well rested, Mm. (laughs) not burnt out on the brink of, you know, hormonal collapse, like fully nourished women making big changes in the world from a space of total peace and pleasure and prosperity. That's what I want to see. (laughs) So nice. That's definitely a world that I can get behind. Oh my gosh. I'm just going to (laughs) like let everyone marinate in that. And Mm. yeah, I mean, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been so awesome. I feel like I've learned so much and I can't wait for other people to have a listen to it and to learn so much about their cycles as well. And just to take away all of these really big topics that we've talked about and to leave feeling empowered that we have a different choice. And that's what this podcast has been about. And so, yeah, thank you so much. It's been just so beautiful to have you on. You're so, so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute honor. And um, I hope that it was all um, digestible. And if anyone has any questions or like wants further elaboration yeah Um, do you want to share sorry to interrupt you but do you want to share anything that you're working on as well before we end off and anything else you wanted to share with people of course so I am most active on Instagram and I have a lot of free content that goes deeper into what we talked about today and I would love for anyone listening to come over and follow me it's jess underscore careri I'll I'm sure Ella will have that linked below. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I also have a free Facebook community where we dive even deeper into these topics with free trainings. Everything in there is free. I want to make this work as accessible to as many women as possible. So all of that is free. Um, And that is a beautiful community that I am building where we together can learn but also help each other in this journey of creating this world that we have just so you know beautifully illustrated and like felt in our bones Mm. um but I also have spaces available if you want to go another step deeper for one-on-one coaching um and this is cyclical business coaching so helping you to create that business success sustainability and spaciousness through tapping into your cycle one-on-one is like super high touch it's really incredible we get to do a lot of work you know I have my 
eyes on your business, on your life, on your cycle. And it's just like a beautiful container. But I also have a group coaching container that I'm bringing into life within the next month or so. Um, And that will be an amazing opportunity for women to come together and learn all of these concepts that we've talked about with so much depth, so much clarity and to actually implement and integrate them into your life and business. So not just learning, but taking action. And if you like learning with other women, if one-on-one isn't your jam and you want to be a part of a community and a part of a group, like that is something to look out for. And if you're interested, follow me on Instagram and come into the Facebook group because I'll be sharing all the information on that to come. But there's so many ways. I also have a podcast. I have a YouTube channel. Like I'm, I'm everywhere, but She's all I, the places, I'm, I'm all the places, <laughs> but I just say, come over on Instagram. Cause from there, that's kind of the launch pad to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm just so grateful for being here. This is one of my favorite podcasts. So honored well, to be on it. <laughs> thank you. And truly like, so grateful for you for bringing these kinds of conversations because they're so important. And it's just so beautiful to see so many women coming together to create mm. a better future for not just fellow women, but for everyone. Cause when women are thriving, I think the entire world is thriving. So oh, totally. I really appreciate your platform and yeah, for being here. So thank you. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, <laughs> Jess. We'll leave it there. Hope everyone's having a beautiful day and we'll definitely have you on again soon. Oh, I would be honored.